This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. Like, he always has to, like, bash me in some way, and it's just like, why? Just, just, not everything I do is, like, horrible. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you can't have it both ways, old man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. He looks at me, are you a pro? Not really, I just have a website. Then he goes, is it a pro website? <laughs> Jay Boosh. They're like, holy fuck, we're both over here, man. We both can't be over here, man. Scotty. Like, I stared him right in the face. I'm like, I'm only here for the buys. He's like, so you only want the buys. I'm like, once again, I am only here for the buys. <laughs> and... Jeremy. As the 184th member, I promise the listeners that I will get that man to talk more. <laughs> that is my commitment to you. And now, the 18. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 152 of the 18 podcast. This is KYT back again. It's been a while since I had to do the intro, but uh, felt good. And I'm here with Mr. Scotty Mac. What's up? And. Jeremy Schofield. How's it going, Jeremy? Doing great with less clicking noises. <laughs> I mean, we only got one bad comment on it, and but I've been noticing it a lot, and I just felt like you were some OCD freak. I mean, you you couldn't stop playing with the bubble wraps last time. That was thought, one time. One, one time one with the bubble enough. wrap. One time's enough, man. You couldn't, you couldn't stop. One time. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just... sure I've heard you guys on keyboards many a time, so I, I think my one bubble wrap is fine. <laughs> I think, I, I mean, Jay's not here. I mean, Scott, Scott and I, unless I forget to mute, Scott and I are pretty good uh, with it. It's only, I think, when Scott maybe messes with the booster packs and, and doesn't realize that it's that loud. I mean, that's, that's, that's the only time I think that uh, we've had any complaints about Scott. Yep, well, I'm almost <laughs> bent over backwards to make this look really good, like, to sound really good for you. It doesn't look really good. I'm going to get, like, some sort of sciatic nerve issue recording this episode, but I'll do it for you guys. I mean, it's just a, I mean, this is a good opportunity for you to give advice to some of our listeners, like, just because uh, a set of headphones is really expensive doesn't mean that you can use them for podcasting, apparently. Yeah, so I bought the Razer Star Wars, like, Star Wars, the old Republic headphones, like, off of NCIX, like, dirt cheap on Boxing Day, and they sound great, and they record somewhat nice, uh, but apparently, when you move your jaw, it makes the earpiece rub against the plastic that the boom's on, and everyone can hear it. So, you take them off your head, and you lay them on the keyboard and kind of bend the boom mic up, and everything works out better, apparently. <laughs> this is really awkward, so... <laughs> Um, 
I mean, okay, we'll do we're, we're doing what are, what's good for our fans. So uh, I know Jeremy and I last weekend we we played a PTU, but Scott Scott has been our go-to constructed guy, and uh, he just came back from FNM tonight, right, Scott? Yeah, I did actually. That's uh, I literally just came back. I ran in the house, kissed my wife hello, and she's like hi, and I said I have to go record my podcast. She goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you fucking do that yet last night? <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I've got uh, I, I've got fresh off the presses, Ooh. and I was going to go tonight, and I was trying to get some cards so that I could actually play Jund tonight. Ooh. I was really excited about potentially playing Jund tonight. I got a sweet list from uh, my buddy Edgar out in uh, the St. Catharines area. And um, he actually put me on to Naya last season, which made me very happy. And I did quite well with it. It made me, made me pleased. So he shipped me a Jund list that I didn't hate. And I threw it through the crucible of uh, some of my guys that uh, I kind of bounced lists off of. And the Angry Birds and the Hizals. And uh, they all didn't hate it. So that was cool. Um, but it turned out that I just don't have four Stormbreath Dragons. And I could not borrow four Stormbreath Dragons. I also didn't have enough Shrines. Uh, the red green shrine, just because like these are just cards I did I never picked up, so I wasn't able to put it together in time, and I knew I wasn't going to be able to get all the cards. Plus, it was like Pelucranos, and I I just couldn't get that either. So um, he was talking with Dan Dusang, Captain Top Deck, and of course I just got tuned up on my junk deck and took it over. Uh, I played three main deck Blood Barons, plus one on the side. Okay. Um, I still played two off to that, still played a whip, still played one Elspeth. Uh, I cut the oozes because they were generally underperforming. Um, I played, um, other than that, the major change was, changes were in the sideboard. Um, I added a duress to the sideboard. I added sin collectors to the sideboard. Like, I basically went, okay, if everyone's going to be Esper and Mono Black, then this is what I want to be. I had three Golgari charms in my sideboard, which were, like, super good. Super, super good right now. <laughs> uh, it's a funny story about that in a minute. And and that, those are, like, the major changes. I was still, like, still on Ultimate Price main deck, still on... Uh, I did go four Heroes Downfall and, and no Putrefy, though. And in hindsight, see, I actually don't. No? No. No. There were a lot of occasions where I just didn't get double black. Like, it sounds so weird because there's so many black sources in the list, but I just didn't get double black. So, like, Putrefy would have been amazing. And I, of course, lost both of my mono black matches to Whip of Erebos. Okay. Yep. So... Fast forward to round one, and uh, so I sit down against this really super nice guy, and um, I keep a reasonable hand. I play a Swamp and a Turn 1 Thoughtsies. I'm like, let's see what I'm dealing with on the play. And he reveals a hand of Daring Skyjack, Imposing Sovereign, Imposing Sovereign, Planes, Planes, uh, Banishing Priest, and some other two drop. My kind of man. And I'm like... Uh, so anyways we proceed to have a fairly long game and i just can't get out from behind two imposing sovereigns uh so i end up needing to go um i probably could have bought myself a turn but there was uh i misplayed into uh the banisher priest 
Okay. Because I didn't, I didn't take it with the Thoughtseize. I took the Skyjack because uh, the 3-1 was going to be impossible for me to race and block. Mm-hmm. So, the, yeah, you had Precinct Captains were the other cards in there, and I really wanted to take those, but I couldn't. So, um, Anyway, so game two, uh, I brought in Golgari Charm and yep. couldn't find any, but basically, like, uh, he mulled, I Thoughtseized, I had removal and a threat, and that was academic at that point uh game three was a good one uh he goes right out of the bat dumps a bunch of cards onto the table uh i play turn three golgari charm and kill four of them uh yeah i actually was on the receiving end of one of those at the gp calgary uh, yeah. my first match of day two severely hung over i've run it all out on the board buddy golgari charms and i just sit there and play the next three turns pretending like i'm still in the game yeah it was <laughs> It was it was really good, and it made me really happy that I had three Golgari charms in my main deck at that point. Yeah, I was like, Ooh, this is good. And yeah, so then at that point in time, after the Golgari charm blowout, I hit five land and then played three consecutive Blood Barons off the top of my deck. Okay, seems good. That was, that was enough for the mono white. Three? Yeah. Wow. Because I had I had four. No. Yeah, I brought it in. I brought in the fourth one. Yeah, yeah, you would bring in the fourth one in that match. Yeah, so I had like I had four. I had three main deck. I'm like, I'm not losing to Mono Black. This is bullshit. I have three main deck Blood Barons. Fuck you in the face, Mono Black. Fuck you right in your face. And then the Mono and White guy gets, you know, the the the, the second guy screwed. <laughs> yeah. Splash screwed. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like there's so many, so few cards that kill Blood Baron. Like it's it's very secretly one of the best cards in Magic right now. Um, it's like it's up there in the top five of of like cards people should be playing next to Thoughtseize and Heroes Downfall. Um, but what ended up happening in, in against uh, round two, uh, Mono Black, I play against a nice guy, cool dude, listens to the show, watches the stream every now and then, like knows who I am. It was cool. Uh, so he, we're playing Mono Black. Um, game one, I proceed to draw and scry away a combination of six lands off the top starting turn three. Um, so that doesn't go so well for me. And then, just after, of course, I'd been thought seized twice. Okay. So I had, like, nothing. I was like, yeah. yeah, I was not really in the game. Um, he just kept digging to try to find a way to kill me. And, uh, and then game two, um, I got stuck on three lands, uh, through turns three through seven. I didn't win that game either. It was not really particularly close. <laughs> um, so that was awesome, and I felt really good about it. And then I sit down against my next round opponent, and once again, Mono Black. Yeah. Mono Black. So hot right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so he uh, proceeds to uh, my turn one. My game one goes really, really long. And I finally stick... Um, like a reaper and I get a whip and I start racing and he makes a mistake with his blocks that basically he like threw two creatures away and gained me eight life or something like that. Like it was just dumb. So I win game one. Um, no, sorry. That was game two. I won that way. Yeah. Game one, it was a long drawn out affair. Finally, he finds a gray merchant to drain me for like nine or whatever. Um, and then game three, uh, we go, I, I get this like unbelievable start. I thought I duress first turn. I thought seize second turn. Like, 
it's it's amazing. Like he's totally just on the wall. He he mulliganed. He had a bad hand. He's got nothing. And I'm literally sitting here with two voice of resurgences just beating down and beating down and beating down. I have an underworld connections on the table. I have one in my hand. I have three heroes downfalls in my hand. One black mana. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I also lost to, uh, so so he proceeds to go, I get my second black mana, sweet. Um, so now I'm just like, sweet, now I just need to see one of the four blood barons or one of the two obsidats, like, that'd be amazing. I didn't see either of them in the first two games. Four blood barons, no, draws. Um, so I get the uh, the underworld connections going a little bit, but I have to still try to like really maintain my life total because they can out of nowhere drain for like a million. And I know that he's basically got whatever he's he's playing, whatever he's drawing, because he's got a, a second Nykthos in his hand or whatever. And he proceeds to rip in sequence. Um, Erebos. Whip. Grey Merge. Nice. <laughs> And I can't find any cards at all. And I'm just at the point where, like I said, I, I so I, so I, I lose. I, I lose that game. It's bad. And uh, and yeah, it's fuck mono black right in its dirty ass. My brother came with me. He played a uh, mono red devotion list that he brewed himself. He played uh, four copies of Awaken the Ancient. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll give you a minute to look that up. Those of you oh, at home. Oh, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's like the M14. That that's the M14 rare, which is an enchant mountain, and it's red, red, red one that makes a seven, seven with haste out of your mountain. Um, so he was playing that with uh, uh, the hammers, hammer Perforos and Perforos himself, and uh, reckoners, zealots, and, um, you know, stuff like that. So it was, uh, it was fine. He ended up going two one, and then we of course had to drop so we could come home to. Uh, so I could record this podcast. I was already one, two, and basically ready to, uh, you know, burn the deck of the next mono black player that sat down in front of me. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was fine. I, I had a lot of fun when my deck did nothing. It was pretty awesome. So I'm going to uh, go online and I'm going to order Stormbreath Dragons and I'm going to order Temples of Abandon or whatever the hell those red green ones are, and uh, I'm going to play some insane cards in the near future. And I'm very excited about it. I would love for you to ship me that list. Yeah, I will. I'll send you. There's a couple that are. Uh, the other one I was looking at was John uh, was Kubi's list, uh, who was on um, Star City Select, and he was getting ready for the Invitational but couldn't make it. And his list actually looked all right as well. Um, just pull it up here real quick. From the Offspring album. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Intermission. Yes. <laughs> so good. That was for those of you at home that are over thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Intermission. I really think we should just throw that into our our into uh, the introduction one time. <laughs> hey, it's time to relax. Anyways, uh, so Kui's list is two Reapers, which I don't. Which I want, I want a third one, I think. Uh, three scavenging ooze. Not sure it's still good right now. Two sire of insanity. Whoa. Four, four storm breath dragon, four sylvan carried and three polucronus. Polucronos. Uh, three chandra pyromaster in the main deck. Spells are one primeval bounty. Mm -hmm. Remember that card? Oh, yeah. yeah. One, 
one Rakdos key rune, and then his removal suite was like two Abrupt Decay, two Devour Flesh, two Dreadbore. He suggests three Putrefy, one Read the Bones, and two Thoughtseize in the main deck. He's got the other two Thoughtseize in the side road with a pile of other cards. Um, in his article, he posts Mizzy Mortars, but in the comments, he says, yeah, it totally should be uh, just three Putrefy. He says that put- that uh, Downfall is too hard on the mana. Okay. Because he looks like he's, which I'm not sure, like, if it actually is. I mean, he's playing, I mean, I get the fact that he's, the four temples don't help. Because he's got, like, all 12 Shocklands, and only eight of them cast it. And then he's got three Forest, three Mountain, three Swamp, and four Temple of Abandon. Like, I wonder if you slant and go five Swamp, two Forest, two Mountain, if you could actually play it. Yeah, but he's also got the Dreadbores in there, so it's like, you know, he's he's kind of, like, hedging his bets a little bit. You know, it's like it's easier on the mana, but he loses the instant speed, but he still can deal with the Planeswalker threat, so he'll just put more Putrefies in to deal with creatures at instant speed. Like, and then uh, you don't yeah. lose to Whip of Erebos. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like, I, I, I'm cool with that split. Like, Hero's Downfall is a better card, but if you have, like, other solutions that kind of fix some of that stuff, you've got the Dreadbores, and the Dreadbores, like, it's not like you're killing a Planeswalker before it does something, right? Yeah. That's yeah. just the nature of the card, so. Yeah. So I was thinking, so, I mean, Dreadbores is a card that I'm really happy, I'd be really happy to play right now. Um, I'm not sure, so the other list that I've got that I'll share with you later, I'm not going to go over it right now. I'm actually going to uh, test it a little bit on Magic Online right, uh, in the near future here. But um, I really like Dreadbore. Uh Sires, I'm not sure if they're as amazing as I want them to be, but Rakdos' Return seems absurd. Uh, yes, yes. Rakdos' Return is a very good card. So that's something that's that like, I look forward to playing. Like, I still haven't done anything with the Grixis list, uh, but that's one of the reasons why I want to play Grixis is because I love Rakdos' Return. Yeah. So I like I'm super impressed with Reaper every single time that I play it. Um, I feel like if I were going to take Kubi's list and just go with it, I would cut one Pyromaster for a Reaper instantly. Yep. Um, and I would probably look to add a Dreadbore. Um, I don't know if Primeval Bounty is worth the slot. It seems like it's really high on the curve. Um, but anyways, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. I'd have to play it some more to find out. Um, but yeah, it's. I think Jun seems like it could be a pretty sweet. Um, I like the Gol- Golgari Charm is very, very good right now. And it's doing a lot of work in a lot of matchups, um, especially if you're playing larger creatures that you need to survive a Supreme Verdict. It's really good to protect your guys. It's sweet against uh, Mono Blue Devotion because you can kill the Bident, and you can also basically like Wrath all of the Master and yeah. all of their tokens. So I, I really like it for that as well. Good against Esper uh, because you live through all their Supreme Verdicts. And you can kill a Detention Sphere in a pinch if you need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's pretty sweet. I mean, if you really need to blank, like if you really need to get through an Elspeth to kill it, you can kill all the tokens and then get to Elspeth. Like there's lots of different things that you can use Golgari Charm for right now. And it's it's strange how uh, for a while, Selesnya Charm, you could use all for all three modes. You know, or for a while, Boros Charm was the one you could use all three modes. and you know, now it's Golgari Charm's time in the sun when it was the redheaded stepchild of the charm cycle for a while. Uh, <laughs> I guess there's still Gruel Charm, and that's a card. Yeah. <laughs> it's on cardboard. Limited yeah. Bomb. <laughs> that's a card. Limited Bomb. Don't kid yourself. I've been blown up by Gruel Charm more than no, once. No, seriously, it is a limited. <laughs> One of my favorite. All your flyers kill you? Fuck! <laughs> total, total sidetrack. Uh, GP San Diego. 
BZ and Alex Hain are playing in a two-headed giant side event. They're playing against these two random guys, and the guys are just, like, jamming out all these flyers, jamming out all these flyers, and Alex and BZ are in just, like, this total trolling mood. So BZ's holding a girl charm in his hand. He holds the card up, kind of, like, right to the middle of the table, like, facing Alex. He says, Alex, what does this card read? And Alex looks at it, and he kind of touches the chin. He thinks, I think it says blowout. And then they proceed to play it and just, like, wreck these guys. But it was just, like, it's my favorite girl charm moment. That's pretty awesome. But, yeah, so I, I'm I'm interested to see where you can take Jund. I mean, Anger of the Gods is still there if you need to clean up some of your aggro matchups. It seems like it would also be fairly good against uh, Mono Blue. Um, it's got Mist Cutter Hydras in the sideboard. Like, you've still got all sorts of sweet cards you can play. Uh, so I... I'm interested to explore it a little further. Uh, it's sad that I might be going away from uh, uh, Blood Baron, because that card's still retarded. Yep. Just play four color. Well, I mean, then there's that, right? I mean, you're only <laughs> splashing white for one point. Exactly. Uh, you, you guys carried it in there. Why not? <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> the day that happens. But... Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. I'm I'm really happy. Uh, like green black is really really where I want to be, and I think that uh, adding the red could add a lot of really neat cards to it, especially in in the meta right now. Because being able, like I don't like the fact that Stormbreath Dragon and like a lot of these threats just die to Heroes Downfall. Yeah, which makes me unhappy right now with the list. But maybe just with a little bit of tweaking, you can get there. So we'll see. So that's what I'm gonna try next. I would love to say that I have great limited stories, you know, playing in a PTQ and all, but for the most part, I actually played a lot of standard because I'm oh. terrible. Or maybe Jay Boosh, you know, kind of called it in the whole, like, if you don't open all the bombs, you don't get to play magic. Um, mm. But I got to play some more Red Green Devotion this weekend. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. How'd that go? Uh, uh, it was fun. It was the, the, the combo list, the Mahara list. Uh, it was kind of like what I had. So uh, I ended up putting together a mono black deck for a friend, and I ended up playing that. And in the Swiss, I went undefeated in the Swiss. Uh, well, no, I didn't go undefeated. I lost one match, but the only reason I lost that match is because I spent like 25 minutes trying to build a modern deck for another guy. Uh, and when we got back in there, I proceeded to crush game two, and then game three, I just got like this like really awkward mana screw, and then like managed to draw the game out a lot more turns than my opponent should have been able to play. And he just ultimately won in the end off of... I think it was just like a gray merchant type thing like that, but it was like one of those games where it's like you should win and you just can't draw the last card to make it happen. So I lost that match, but uh, it was, you know, just super awkward because like we had 20 minutes left in the round. So we went out there and we were putting together the deck and everything like that. And it was for a GPT. So, you know, they're actually playing competitive rules enforcement. And when we got back in, the guy whose deck that we built for him uh, he was too late, so he missed the event altogether, and me and another guy got game losses. Uh, so it was just, like, super awkward time. Uh, but in the top eight, I played against uh, Random Esper List, and that game was, like, really, really close. Uh, I just love how explosive the deck is, so it's kind of like you have all these, like, must-answer threats, and you have tons of Planeswalkers in there. So it's just like he goes Sphinx Revelation for four, and I go Garrick for five. And, you know, it's just, like, all these, like, just super awkward things where it's, like, he should be getting ahead on cards, but he just can't. And it's, like, even these, like, little mana dorks are getting in for a couple points each because, you know what, they're just going to turn sideways, like. And, uh, it would, like, game one, 
at the end of the game, like, he ended up winning it, and he just looked at me, and he's like, honestly, like, I top-decked at least five times that game. Like, I should not have won that game, but, like, every time I needed it, I just got it off the top. Like, he was doing, like, really weird things where it's, like, the only way he, like, really survives is if he Sphinx Revelations for two and hits a, a Detention Sphere. And, of course, like, he would hit the Detention Sphere. Like, he just had a lot of turns like that. So... Uh, it was pretty funny, but games two and games three, I, I bashed in. Like, Rurikthar is actually fun in the sideboard of that deck. Uh, something I've been putting in there. Uh, really good in that matchup. Uh, and then, yeah, like, the Hydra is just nuts. So, like, if you could just, like, put six counters on it and just swing, like, it's really, really difficult. It's, like, one of those things where it's, like, they just got to have an answer for it right there. Uh, and you've got all these, like, dorky mana guys that you can put in there to get rid of, like, any sort of sack effects or anything like that. So, like, they can take the hit for it. And that's what I was doing a lot of, was just, like, playing around, like, situations like that, where it's, like, cast, like, a mana dork, then cast the big bomb so that you don't get uh, hit with, like, a devour flesh or something stupid. Uh, so, managed to win that match, and then I played against a red-green mirror. Uh, his deck was a little bit more uh, toned towards, like, the red-green mirror itself. Uh, he was still playing the uh, one-drop Death Touch Viper guy which in the sideboard is actually a pretty good guy because, you know, it's it's such a, a quick matchup and such a swingy matchup. And, like, if you can't get through with, like, a 6-6 six, six or a 5-5 five, five because he's got this little 1-1 one, one death touch guy, like, you're, you're in bad shape. And Polychronos, if he attack, if he tries to monstrous it, it still kills the Polychronos because it deals its damage back. So it's just, like, this really, really awkward card in the mirror to deal with. Uh, so ended up losing there, and then we were what the prize was for this tournament was uh, the San Diego Planeswalkers. So what oh, they yeah. did is first place got to pick one, second place got to pick another. So like they just kind of like drafted it out to first through fifth. So I got to play like a third fourth match, and that one was against the Mono Blacklist. And I'd like to say that you know I, I had some really good game there. Like Rickthar was doing some good things. He gave me some some damage. Um, I managed to steal a game because Buddy didn't realize I had a uh, untapped, uh, oh my goodness, we were just talking, Sylvan Carroted. So, like, his play was, like, he had, like, six mana out. He had just uh, dropped a Gary that had hit me for, like, seven. I was at, like, five or something like that. He didn't have any clear attacks because I had a whole bunch of mana dorks that I was sacking to kill off or to tap down his uh, his demon. So his play was... Uh, devour flesh himself, use his whip to bring back Gary to kill me. And he didn't realize that I had the Sylvan Carroted untapped, so when he did that, then I was able to, like, scavenge and use this guy, which he was just like, oh my god, I'm the worst player ever. Uh, <laughs> and that was the only reason why I was able to take a game in that match. But, like, that is just such a rough matchup, because it just it just makes me want to play Thoughtseize. Like, the card is so oppressive. It's It's like playing Modern all over again, where it's like, you look at your opening hand, it's like, okay, is my opponent playing Thoughtseize? I think he's playing Thoughtseize. It's like, can I mulligan? Because it's like, even if you keep like a light, like a weak hand, it's like, okay, he's going to Thoughtseize me, and now I'm going to be down the only playable I have in the next three turns. But if I mulligan, I'm going down one more card, and his Thoughtseize is going to be all the better. So it's just yeah. like, like, mulliganing versus Thoughtseize is probably the most stressful thing, which is why I want to be playing the Thoughtseize. I, I agree. The guy who's making the other guy's life miserable. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I think I have to get away from this red green deck because as much as I love it, I just want to thought seize people. Uh, but you know, like that's where I'm interested yeah. in that list because I get to play all the fun cards, but I also get to thought seize people. So you know, that's that's kind of where I want to be. Uh, yeah. It was a really really good event. Like uh, first and uh, first and second were the red green and the black deck. 
third and fourth were the red, green, and the black deck. So, you know, I felt like I was on the second best deck in the tournament. Uh, fifth place was uh, Esper. And then it was just like, you know, kind of like what I felt was like a really standard metagame. Like there was a, you know, like a mono-red devotion deck, which, uh, you know, we, we thought that would have done really well, but he drew himself out of the top eight, so that was kind of awkward. Uh, but, you know, it was just like a, a good turnout for that one. Um, and then aside from that, I also played in a limited PTQ. I don't know if you want me to go right into that KYT or if you want to jump in with your story first. Because yours is probably going to be a lot more interesting. Why? Why? You just scrubbed out? Well, yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, you the worst part about PTQs and pools and stuff like that, and, you know, sometimes it's the best part, but what's almost like the tilting worst part is that you have to open up a different deck, and you have to register that different deck. And then you open up the deck that has, like, two Vaporkins, three of the blue flying guy. <laughs> like, right, this tilts you? I mean... <laughs> well, no, that tilts me because it's like, I have to open up this deck, and then I have to ship it to somebody. And, like, the deck was bonkers. Like, just absolutely bonkers. Like, it had the You're one of those guys. <laughs> just, just opened up this obscene deck, register it off, ship it off, and I get back the has a, a Vaporkin, has an Essian Asp, and that's all there is to the story deck. Where it's like, I look at it, and it's like, okay, these are good cards, but this isn't a draft pack. Like, I'm not first picking at it. This I actually have to play with this pool. Like, I don't get to take one card and ship this one off to the side and start to build a better deck. Like, it was just such a mediocre deck. It had nothing going on for it. Like, it had a couple boom booms, and it had some cute creatures, and it had a grip tide. But, like, in the top eight of our PTQ, there was five Elspeths. Most oh. of those Elspeths had a god weapon in that pool as well. Like, the decks were, it's like, it was almost like just, and I hate to say it, like, there were some good players in the top eight. But for what our top eights usually look like in Alberta, like, there was not very many good players in our top eight. Like, there was, like, three legitimate, like, top eight players. There was a couple of guys who were fringe guys who you can see them, you know, hitting here and there. But, you like, usually in ours, we'll have, like, the one or two guys who, like, usually just don't have any place being there who get there. Uh, either, you know, like, they're in the zone or they just have a really ridiculous pool where it's, like, it was at least 50% of those guys. So it was just, like, really, really awkward, really, really disheartening. A lot of, like, the pools that were in, like, the top 16, top 32 were all just, like, gods, god weapons, Elspeth, uh, heavy. And it just, it's just, it's kind of, like, rough to see that. Uh, yeah. You know, in other formats, like RTR and stuff like that, we saw... You know, guys who would be able to take a weaker pool up there, but like a lot of guys that I respect, a lot of guys who I think are much better than me, uh, they all were kind of in the same similar pool and they were all just like feeling the same way where it's like, just couldn't do it. Like, it wasn't, you know, very good that like my match two and match three, I pretty much lost the exact same thing. And that was one drop followed by ordeal. Um, <laughs> and like, and like that's, that's, that's the weird part about this format is that. You know, it, it goes back to almost like what I thought at the, the, the pre-release is that, you know, the game's going to end very quickly or the game's going to take a very long time. So, you know, it's you got these ultra-aggressive decks that can have, like, these ludicrous aggressive draws. Or you have, you know, these big boom-booms. And in the mid-ground, it's like, oh, do you have a weapon? Well, that's the middle, and now you just, you know, have, like, this mid-game that other people don't have. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, you've got all of, like, these, like, kind of, low cost of creatures, but the good low cost of creatures make better 
bestow, you know, like they're just, they're, they're higher up in the curve because you want to bestow them. So it just plays out really, really awkward. Uh, and it was just, it was tough. Like, I just really wish that, you know, I could have done a lot better at that tournament. Like, I, I did my best to, you know, make something of the deck, and I showed it to a few guys, and, like, one of the guys sat there and said that I should have splashed in a third color to get my Reaper of the Wilds into play. And I was like, it just, that's all I really had in that color was, like, a Reaper of the Wilds and the black, uh, the black, uh, oh, my goodness, what are they called? The, they bestow and they have like the crazy abilities. They're like the minions of whatever. Emissaries? Emissaries, yeah. I had a black emissary and a reaper. So it was just like splashing in that just really felt super weak, but yeah, it was just, it was just a really, really awkward draft. I saw some really cool guys get there. Uh, like one of the better Saskatchewan players, a guy named Jeremy from Saskatchewan, he ended up taking it down. Uh, he beat a guy who's kind of regular at my shop. Um, you know, he's been playing the game forever, and it's awesome that he got to kind of, like, spike this high in the PTQ. It's not what I would say is a normal show for him, but, like, he just went in there and he played tight and got himself up to there. And he drafted, like, the crazy aggressive deck, uh, almost similar to the the 13 land deck. I don't know if you've seen that going around. What? No, no, please. I've heard it. I've heard, like, I've heard about, I've heard talk of a 13 land deck, and I think that... um GFAB's actually was talking yes, about that. Yes, it, it is GFAB's deck. It is the GFAB's draft strategy of the 13 land borrow stack. And essentially all you do is you pick one drops, two drops, and three drops. The top of your curve is three. And you wow. just draft all of, like, the crazy aggressive. You go for crazy two drops. Like, you just load up on all of it and play 13 lands. And it's kind of effective. It's very, very, very aggressive in a like a draft format that's really started to shift towards the middle to late game. You know, everyone is very focused on Nessie and Asp. They all want their boom booms. You know, everyone's kind of pushing the curve back. Whereas this deck is just like all in there. It runs, you know, all kinds of like, I've seen a list that ran messenger speed because it triggers heroic. What the like, f- but that's what the deck wants to do. So it's just like very, very early curve deck. So it's something I'm actually going to try and draft a little bit this weekend. But yeah, this guy's sealed, or his draft deck was very, very similar to that. Like, it was almost like he was playing that strategy without. Uh, it was just tough because it's like, he doesn't, he doesn't play Magic the same way as like a top eight, you know, PTQ or like a GP uh, level player would play. So like, doing like little things with his triggers, you know, just missing some of the basic combat stuff. Like, just like those things where it's like you pick him up and you put another guy in his seat with that deck and you just feel like it could get there. Or if he just had like a little bit more testing with like a better group, like I think he would have been able to maybe take the whole thing down. Yeah. But it's just like little things where it's like he casts a, the God's willing or whatever, the, the white uh, instant that gets pro. Yeah. Uh, and then immediately he casts it on a Flannix leader and then goes and scries. And it's just like, okay, well you've missed a heroic trick. You know, yeah, like little things like that, where it's just like, it's, he knows what's supposed to happen. Well, he knows what the end result's supposed to be, but he doesn't know how it gets there. So, uh, one of the things that was really interesting is right before that tournament, a guy in our Alberta group was saying that they need to have a primer for, you know, just like tight play. Like, what are these different abilities? How does it actually work? And that's something that I'm going to try and work on in my spare time is like making a primer for the person who wants to step from Friday Night Magic to like the PTQ scene. And, yeah. You know, like learn how, how timing works, how triggers work, what is priority, how does it work, you know, like little things like that. So uh, overall, you know, it was, it was, 
a good event. Just again, really disheartening that like it really <laughs> felt like such a man. You're just making to... me feel so bad listening to your sob story. It's it's, it was, <laughs> it's just like I'm so terrible at this god awful game. <laughs> yeah, I mean it must be. <laughs> what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to drop this bar so low that like your awesome story is just going to sound so much better. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm being your wingman. <laughs> So how did your PTQ go? I mean, I'm just gonna. It, it didn't go that great, but uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm very uh, quick when it comes to deck building, but of course, to avoid that whole feeling, you know, the best thing you can do, obviously, you can't do it at PTQs unless you're going to the Toronto PTQ. Is the VIP status that shit, so you don't have to see the first pool. Yeah. But yeah, uh, actually, yeah, I actually talked to the TO, and I think he's start doing <laughs> sleeping specials. Like, I really pleaded with him. I just want to for special. my sanity. <laughs> yeah. Don't show me what I missed, please. Um, but for me, like, I think I. I try to, I don't know, I challenge myself to try to finish it before everyone else does. I I tend to, a lot of people just, like, slowly look at, at the cards or they open a pack at a time. But I think the quickest way to, to get it done is you open all the packs, stack them, you know, d- divide them by color, and then, boom, I'm, like, I'm usually the first one done uh, in the entire room. Uh, what was interesting about the passing, though, was um, after, like, the, the first two passes, a guy would say that I had the sick pool. Then we had to pass to the right. So I'm like, fuck, pass to the right. Then the guy to the right of the guy who who said my, my pool was sick, he also said my pool was sick. So I'm like, what the fuck? Are they all going to keep saying that in a row? And eventually I had to pass the pack, the pool I was getting behind me. So I'm like, fuck, I didn't get any any of the sick pools. But ended up with, uh, I was reasonably happy with it. I opened two of the you know, biggest stars in Constructed in Mono Blue. I was able to get a Thassa, and was able to get a Master of the Waves in wow. my deck. Nice. The rest of the blue was not that strong. Okay. And so uh, it proved to be a problem. Basically, I was forced to... Well, I made the decision, I wasn't forced, but I made the decision to play all the blue because fast and obviously master waves, they're only super insane. I mean, they're really good, but they're super insane. The more blue cards you play, and even if they're, you know, terrible, they can make up for it tremendously if you happen to draw one of the cards. And, you know, there's definitely scenarios where master waves only made one guy, and then there's scenarios where it made five. So, it, it, it the, the two best cards in my deck were very, like, varying in strength, uh, depending on how well I drew, well, how much blue I drew during a given uh, game. Uh, so the interesting thing, though, about uh, what you said, Jeremy, is that, like, over here, um, how I feel about the format, I agree, it's very bomb-centric, but it is interesting to see that uh, at the Burlington PTQ, like, the, the one I played in, uh, David Shields, from what I hear, ended up winning it once again, and he won the Return of Ravnica one last year, and everyone knows in these parts that he's a sicko. And the very next day in Rochester, someone who I felt has deserved to to make it for so long, Max Brown, someone who was just on the cusp of making it with the sponsor's invite uh, the last time it existed, finally won one, and I think he's a far better player than I am. So um, to see these two results, like maybe, maybe the drafting game 
maybe there's something to it. Like like you said, there's these crazy archetypes, like the 13 land archetype. And Max tells me that he likes to play, like people talk about five-color green, but for him, he likes to play, you know, three, four, five-color black. Like he thinks like black is the strongest card. Or, you know, he's getting great. I'm, I'm not really sure how he does his fixing. He's like, he's just like, yeah, whatever. I've seen him like splash, like play like a black, green, blue deck where he's just splashing for the Horizon Chimera and some other uh, blue or green card and with, with barely any fixing, like three forests, three or four forests randomly wow. and, and being able to pull it off. Um, so I went four two like one four one then lost a very close one so one four two dropped. Um, I mean I, I felt my deck was was good enough to make top eight but but didn't get there it, it, in the ultimate round. You know second second match multi four so I basically just gave that game away after winning game one. So going into game three it was it was very close. It was basically a, a bounce spell away and I had two grip tides or a Thassa that I could have drawn to to get through. He just uh I think he either had a trampler or or something that could get through. I basically needed my one guy left to punch through his only blocker that he that he played on his turn to win, but uh, it was not good enough. Um but how I feel for me I feel the format is actually fast. As I play the format more, I've gone less to these like stall games. Okay. It's it's where my hand is usually where, unless I I drew really poorly or fled like crazy, it, it seems like I always have something to play, and I'm I'm just making sure when I'm scrying, I I always have spells in hand, and when I'm scrying, it's like I'm desperately just trying to get lands to be able to play those powerful spells, and. Um, it gets to the point where, like, I always end the game winning with spells in my hand because I've always had something to do with whether it's monstrosity, like, or bestow, or like a god artifact, let's say, or, or doing something with Thassa that I did uh, in this case. So I always had managed to do stuff that I actually didn't need all the cards in my hand, and it was just a matter of making sure I I, I had the the right number of lands to play the right you know powerful spell that given turn and yeah I, I i could have built my pool differently i think that the fixing in this pool makes it so that like like you mentioned that card that i think is really awesome uh reaper of the wilds like even yeah. if late game the reason is awesome because you can give it death touch so then you can trade it with the best guy and it's got hexproof and it's got this ability that just like can be really annoying uh, once creatures trade and you're just like scrying two all of a sudden, and uh, so with the unicorn, with the with the land traveler amulet, yep. and even the green uh, enchantment spell for two mana, it allows your one of your lands to, to produce any mana. I think the fixing is there to to be really creative about. So there, I think there is some um, there's some stuff to work with, but I agree with you uh, as a whole that like some spells like the turn two ordeal if you're not blue without voyages end or riptide that's that's kind of hard to come back from and then there's just these bombs like when i played turn three thassa being able to fix my draws for the rest of the game is basically like unless my deck is really bad it's gonna be hard for you to beat me yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. She's she's so good. Like this the repeatable scry is really, really good, and the fact that it's almost impossible to get rid of there's like what, one or two cards in the entire set that can actually exile one of those enchantments. Yeah, I I was overhearing people like that they said they, they didn't play Thassa because they didn't have enough devotion, but you know, I, I would consider playing her just for that ability, like her two abilities, the scry yeah. and the unlockable, because I would you know the marginal playable from core set was just to tap two mana to give one of your creatures flying. I mean, that was like marginally playable in core set, and she comes with unblockable and the scry. I mean, definitely playable no matter what. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can almost splash it. I think you can splash it. Like, I think just like without it being a five-five, it's a perfectly fine card. Yeah, it makes like if you're a green deck and you need all your fat dinosaurs to go through, but I did get rid of it, Scott. In one game, I was against Blue-White Heroic. I won this. I win game one uh, with Thassa, so I'm feeling pretty good, and uh, game two, he goes turn three, his Thassa. I'm like, whoa, but uh, I have my one copy of Gain Save in my hand, and he's yeah. like, fuck. <laughs> nice. Spell, buddy, and uh, he couldn't come back from that. that was, I'm like, yeah, that's that's a blowout on trade. I'll make that trade any day of the week. Sweet. Um, and so I'm looking. I, I'm I don't know what's your schedule like, Jeremy. For me, it's uh, this Sunday. Face to face games will be hosting their um, BTQ, and I hope. They, I mean, they're hoping to, to break their all time record here, and and I think they will. They're not going to come close to. Toronto's madness that will uh, be happening in two weeks, but uh, really excited about that. How uh, how much uh, what 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 number range are they trying to guess for? Like what what's what's their record right now? I feel like man, I, I'm stupid because I don't remember. It's got to be one. I'm pretty sure it's in the 150 200 range. Um. Well, have have them beat Edmonton. Let's let's get them to beat Edmonton. What's the Edmonton record? I think we just had 236. Really? Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, we 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 go big. I thought I thought Alberta sucked for magic. <laughs> nope. No, I'm kidding. Wow, that's that's pretty damn good. Um, two thirty six. I'm pretty sure my our number is probably bigger than I thought. Think it it was so. Um, whatever the case, I mean, anytime face-to-face games have been able to, to host a PTQ, people show up to play, so... And Mr. Hain is gunslinging, so it's going to be an awesome event. Nice. There we go. And, uh, I mean, I'm not... I'm still not sure about this format. I mean, there's a... When I look at the deck, I, I have challenges knowing which one is really better, like, whether the green-blue is better than my black-blue, um, because the game plan is slightly different, some of the black blue, the the ones that I have tend to try to go long and, and try to outvalue people with removal spell and, and the and the gorgon. But uh my, my blue bean is a lot more tempo and, and relies on grip tide and then just punching through and then you're way too out of it to come back. So it, it it's really hard for me to tell uh, what is what and hopefully I open a pool where where it just like comes at me. It just like it's obvious like for this pool was kind of obvious, like with Thassa and Master Wave, is like I'm obviously blue X, and so I'm hoping I'm hoping for that pool, and uh, I'm actually going to draft hopefully tomorrow that uh, 13 lands deck, um, 
not if I open a sick bomb, but uh, <laughs> I mean, well, they have a uh, they have a a PTQ in Calgary tomorrow, and I am uh, disappointingly not going. Um, my little girl's got the flu. I'm oh. just getting over said flu. Um, it knocked me out really bad yesterday. Like I slept 14 hours straight. Wow. Uh, and now my wife is showing the early signs of said flu. So um, there's not going to be a trip down to Calgary for me and the cards uh, just based on that alone because, uh, yeah, it's a pretty nasty bug uh, that got Ugh. me. Uh, so uh, there's a PTQ online on Sunday, so I'll probably jam that um, because I like to play GPs on my couch. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that'll be kind of the game plan. I'll probably go and do like a paper draft tomorrow, um, just to go out and see some of the guys. Uh, normally I'm, uh, you know, doing the hardcore Friday night thing, but uh, I want to be here with you boys because you're nice. my boys. Um, yeah. So that's kind of in the cards, and then uh, just setting myself up for the end of the month for GP Toronto. You know? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Which KYT is bitched out of because he's got a wedding. Yeah, I mean. Uh... I... I'm just the worst. I, I mean, I'm sure some of you guys can relate. Just the worst at point. I just push everything off and just want someone to tell me when when I need to be somewhere. <laughs> and when I finally check, I'm like, fuck. Like, uh, and it's a it's a cruel coincidence because I would have gone to GP Calgary. I would have gone to to GP Toronto uh, if it weren't for these weddings. And um, I mean, it's as if someone like plan um uh, i'm going to front my friend calvin and kevin's weddings and and these guys are friends it's just it's just like they scheme to fuck me over of of gps <laughs> and <laughs> I, I just don't understand um yeah so, yeah meanies. uh one one quick note uh jeremy about about moto uh ptqs um you know they're, they're impossibly big and it's really yeah. hard to win but yet the last two um i happen to be friends with people who have made the top eight when it came to robert anderson uh yeah you know face-to-face games employee and and uh known community member and then the next one john Rowe, gp toronto champion uh john Rowe was able to make top eight and says the fire may not be all out and uh maybe maybe he's still got something into him to to make another run uh, wow so yeah. one of our guys was out on tiebreakers nice yeah or at least that's what he said i i can't verify that because i thought they changed it so you can't be out on tiebreakers but that's what he was telling me so wait and, what happens if you are tied then well no i from what i understand is that you don't miss the top eight or i guess you can miss it at x2 I just I never think that X two actually makes the top eight of a. Oh, you PTQ. mean because okay, okay, yeah. because the the math for because you can't draw a moto, you just think the extra round just makes it so it's usually like clean cut. Yeah, exactly, because uh, they had one moto PTQ where a guy went X one and missed the top eight, so they redid the the round pairings, they redid the numbers to reduce the chance of that happening, because wow. it was like just the right number of players that an X one would miss, <laughs> which is just got to be like be super tilty because it's like oh we just played you know 11 rounds of magic and i only lost one of them and i still don't get to draft like bang like i, I just I, I don't know what you do about that 
that's Moto. Like, that's the chance. It's like, yeah, you're going to have to make this commitment. And you might still get, you know, might still get dicked at it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, that's the thing. I, I want to play a bit more. I want to I want to play Sealed. I want to play a 16-hour day of Magic. Um, that's where I want to be. So, uh, yeah, I've got a buddy, and he's he's done well. And, of course, in Alberta, we have lots of guys who do really well at Moto PTQs. It's because we don't have any other options. So. Yeah, I guess that's the reason why. <laughs> yeah, like, you're talking about, oh, yeah, you know, Rochester, and, you know, it's, it's like, no, we don't get that. We get some guys who, like, get to take the 14-hour or the 12-hour trip to Kelowna. Like, <laughs> we <laughs> we get, like, an extra, like, four or five PTQs, and that would be, like, the equivalent of, like, driving from, like, Montreal to Detroit. Like, and I, I, I think, think I don't, I, is that 12 hours? How far is that? From you guys? That's like, a Montreal to Detroit? Yeah. That's uh, a long drive, right? That's a long friggin' drive. Okay, so, yeah, maybe. Because, like, most of ours aren't drivable. Like, it's like, you look at it and they're like, oh, we're thinking about driving. It's like, yeah, I'm probably better taking a flight. Like, I'm going to have to give up a whole day of work to drive to that PTQ. So, yeah. I might as well just fly. So. I mean, it's it's dedication. I mean, I've, I've heard, you know, stories of Doug going to, you know, BC to to, to just make it. So, yeah. So, PTQ, I mean, uh, you guys have to be fucking dedicated. I could do. Yeah, like, one of our Alberta guys went and stole the Manitoba PTQ. So, <laughs> you know, like, that, that's what we do. That's, that's like, that's our third PTQ is the Manitoba PTQ. Nice. Like, Tyler Bloom won it, won it last year, uh, or last season. Uh, who got it this year? Donnie Jones got it this year. So Donnie Jones goes to a lot of GPs. The tough part is that his buddy Sponge, who, like, literally travels to every GP with him. He looks like SpongeBob. The guy actually looks like SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Uh, and, again, you talk to Hayne, or an, if you talk to Hayne, everyone knows Sponge. Sponge is, like, well-known. Uh, he's a he's a full-out GP grinder. But he's now, like, super tilted, super worried because, you know, his travel buddy, the guy who always goes out with him. The only reason why Sponge is actually alive to this day, I'm pretty sure, is Donnie Jones. So I know he really wants to get to this this PT with him. Because, um, yeah, Donnie just seems to be the rock for this guy. So I'm really, like, pushing for, you know, since I can't be at this PTQ, I really want Sponge to take it down. Because, uh, yeah, he's just a nice guy. Sponge. He looks like SpongeBob. Does he have like a big square head or does he wear like terribly tacky pants? Like what what's oh. going on here? Okay, so SpongeBob, okay, he's got the square head thing going on, but like that Sponge doesn't really have that. But you know how like SpongeBob like inside the square head he has like the really round cheeks and like the, the, just like the very ultra round facial features inside that square area? Mm-hmm. That's Sponge. He has the exact same face. So like if you were to take SpongeBob and like if you were to take Sponge and put, like, a, a giant foam thing on his head, he would look just like Sponge. Wow. He's got the same face. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, he's, like, he's, you know, just, he's one of the the awesome Alberta guys. Like, he's just, just genuinely nice to people. Like, it, it's just one of those cool guys that you get to see at all the events. You know, like, we talk about him each week, but, like, yeah, Sponge is just, like, one of those awesome guys. And Donnie, too. Like, the two of them are just hilarious. Uh, they huh. play the, the neat or not neat game. So when you go to a restaurant, if you order a scotch or something like that, and you ask for a neat, 
there's a, a bet on the table as to whether or not they'll come and bring it with ice or a straw in it. Uh, you know, like, just, like, little things like that. And they're the degenerates that, like, you'll play dice with until, like, infinite. Like, I, I don't know if I told you about the dice story with Hayne and stuff like that when they were going to throw us out of the hotel room, but we had to, like, yeah. be at the airport in, like, two hours. And the one guy in the back room's like, oh, it's a free roll. You can just come to our room. You know, like, our hotel <laughs> down the street. That was sponge. Like, he's just, like. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, speaking of GP Toronto, Jeremy, I think we're we're trying to set things up so you get your own little yeah i'm gonna be and, and tokens and greet. yeah and hopefully my tokens they, hopefully they'll make it in time and uh that's gonna be sweet for people who haven't checked it out you finally got derfed we gotta see the artwork for that we haven't seen it yet you haven't seen the derfed artwork <laughs> no you should ship it to me oh I, i'm pretty sure it's the same artwork that like i, th- I think it's one of the least I, I, you really need to see like the full thing to to do it justice. I don't. I think that the the small Twitter avatar doesn't do it justice uh, uh, for this one. Okay, so let's see if he sent it to me. So Jer- Well, no, I'm looking for the token art. Like I've seen their derf art. Is it exactly the same? I I don't know. I'm gonna guess so. Nobody I tells see, me yeah. anything. <laughs> I need to see the whole the whole thing. Um, why doesn't anybody tell me anything? I don't know. <laughs> You tell me. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. Um, I got, I got nothing. <laughs> but, but that's gonna be awesome. Like, and so for me, for me, the big thing will be GP Montreal, and uh, you know, there's no fucking wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's getting married on my goddamn birthday. <laughs> Unless it's me. Unless it's me. No fucking weddings. Um, and if there is one, too bad. I'm sorry. You got to reschedule that shit. Nice. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so, random tangent for just off topic, just to talk about my uh, Asian adventures. Ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh, grandpa. Not, um, not my, <laughs> not my grandpa. Although my Aww. grandpa is, is pretty crazy. <laughs> so uh, tonight I took a big step. I tried. I actually have. I was. I, I tweeted about this a while ago about how like insane how I've had insane amount of weddings this year Yeah, and uh, I have one with one of my best friends that I went to Vegas with uh, last year in Hawaii uh, December 17th is his wedding right um, so the the thing is is that my my girlfriend's parents just don't want um, have never wanted me to travel with my girlfriend because you know things could happen after staying together overnight, you know, gets the idea. And so it's right. Well, I, I assume they want to avoid that. They also want to, um, I, they looked I, at I, the calendar. Did they know what year it is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so no, that, that would ever happen with you. No, no. <laughs> and, and so it's been a while even though we've been together for, for roughly six and a half, getting close to six and a half years now you know it's it's just the Asian culture and um, you know I asked them tonight when we when we went out like me and, and her parents to sushi together and, and I got the uh, we'll think about it you know reply so you know it's not not looking great but I, I, you know, it was it was tough. It was like the fir- very first time that I've ever asked anything that 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 felt like a 
a plea. I, I know. I don't know the word I'm trying to find here. Um, so it was a little nerve wracking because I, I mean, I interact with them. I, I talk about uh, myself. I ask about you know their work and, and their day. But you know, asking to to go to Hawaii with their daughter has has you know that type of question has never come across. I mean, it's it's not looking good. So uh, you know, the tough part of about being Asian, you know, continues. <laughs> Crazy grandpa and strict uh, future parents-in-law. I mean, that's my life. That's my life, Jeremy. I, I wish, I wish I was like, like you guys, like smooth cruising and and having kids, but not yet. <laughs> uh, it all comes with its own flavors and stuff like that. Like I've got enough Portuguese stories to a podcast, but we'll we'll save those for another time when I have a little bit more alcohol in me. <laughs> <laughs> my, my my grandpa is still pretty crazy though. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he once woke me up like yelling. Uh, I was sleeping in, <laughs> and he basically yelled. Uh, well, the translation is, uh, "Don't sleep too much." And it's like, I'm just sleeping in, because I, I just, like, slept fucking late the night before, and I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Like, he just <laughs> slams open my door and yells, don't sleep too much! And, like, like, like this crazy alarm at 11 a.m., and, and this week, I, I decided, work has been crazy, like, my day job has been crazy, so I've decided to wake up at 7 a.m., or even, early, like, 6.30 uh, on Wednesday, I think. Where, where I basically showed up to work earlier than anybody. And, like, while I'm making breakfast, somehow my grandfather's always awake. And he somehow makes a comment that, oh, sometimes, like, waking up too early is bad for you. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> you can't have it both ways, old man. <laughs> yeah. It's like the right amount of time. <laughs> yeah, yes. Like, you know, he always. The funny thing about my grandfather is that, like, he will always say things to give advice or something like 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 to say that what you're doing right now there there has even if it's like the most normal thing that there's something wrong with it like I'm making coffee with the coffee machine and and he's saying like oh coffee's unhealthy or something like he always has to like bash me in some way and it's just like why just just leave me alone like not everything I do is like horrible <laughs> like yeah you can't have it both ways, old man. <laughs> I've I've definitely said that in my head multiple times. Not to him, like I mean, I don't know what to do anymore. It's just uh and he's convinced. He's always convinced that the breakfast I eat or I prepare like I'm eating cereal is not like filling enough with me. So he goes out of his way to prepare breakfast for me every fucking morning or tries to and it's just like oh god. <laughs> Like, no, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, Grandpa, I'm fucking good. I don't need those two or three extra buns that you woke up early <laughs> to make for me. So. Have to load you up with carbs, boy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or, or when I even say I'm going to the gym, and he'd say something like, well, I never needed to exercise, I don't see why you need to go to the gym. Like, what the fuck, like, just... You don't have to comment negatively on every fucking thing I do. So it's it's something I hope I don't become when I, I become old. So that's something I'm I'm hoping that I will be aware of if I 
if I do cross that line, it become this old whiner. So <laughs> you know, at the same time, it sounds like he's like really sweet and he cares about you. So like you know, there's there's definitely right. a silver lining there. You know, it's just he's got to be a cantankerous bastard to do it. <laughs> Which I think every good grandpa should be. <laughs> I have to, I have to admit, like he's he's called me like his favorite grandson and, and stuff like that. And he's had he has a lot of grandkids, so it's you, you know there's there's pros and cons, but it's gone to the point where it's just like holy shit, man! <laughs> like waking up early is bad now. Like what? Yeah, that I can't get over. <laughs> Like, what's next, breathing too much, like, <laughs> or taking too many showers, or, like, just anything. Oh, That's my off-topic. I haven't gone into um, Standard or, or Legacy yet, but I will need to, seeing as actually Standard is rearing its head very quickly, starting in January of the PTQ season, so. Yeah, yeah, because Modern gets the short end of the stick. Why? I miss it, and then like the prices. I think maybe now is the time to buy the cards. Maybe. Yeah, probably, I... probably. I think once standard starts up, maybe it'd be time to like start to grab some of those staples. Although I don't think they're really moving at all. So, you know, like I don't think it's going to get any better. Right, right. I but it's going to spike like crazy at the beginning of modern season. Oh yeah. So even thought seas now, which are abundant because of Theros. They're gonna go up, so yeah, yeah, and it's it's quickly it's so important. It's one of the biggest cards, honestly, in the format right now. And it's like you either play it or you play a deck that doesn't care if it gets thought seized. And those ones are so few and far between these days; it's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> so it really is. Tough. Yeah, it's tough. Is it tough? It's hard out here for a pimp, son. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, standard starts in January. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so that gives us like a month before uh, the next one comes out. Born of the Gods. That's the one. Yeah, that comes out in February. So, Kibler apparently this weekend is playing something sick. I don't know what it is. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he's he indicated, I think, that he's playing something spicy, so we'll see how it goes. Really? Did you like uh, Brad Nelson's deck from the Invitational? Did you see that? Um, I did see it. Yeah. Uh, okay, wait, it did, was... you, did you get a look at it? I played it on my stream actually. On oh, Monday. did you? Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. And uh, and it turned like it was it was fine. I played it like shit. Uh, so there's that. Um, but ultimately, I felt like it was it was a good deck. Um, it's much harder to play than anyone actually expects. Yeah, I can see uh, that. Yeah, because you basically get yourself into these situations where, like, sequencing the lands become really relevant, and I feel like uh, it's fairly difficult uh, to also do well with it against, um, like, Underworld Connections in particular. It's weird, because the deck was sort of designed to be able to beat uh, Underworld Connections. Uh, or, or like mono black as a yeah, yeah. It's 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 designed to kill mono black, but it really like the card quality is tough because you're basically built to try to trade like one for one or two for ones, you know, sort of thing. But 
you run out of cards and you're dead. Yeah. And there's no way to actually just like recoup the value of those cards. So it's 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 a tough one. It is a tough one. Uh I wasn't a huge fan of it myself, necessarily. Uh but I mean uh, it's fine for you well, know, Brad, if you want to screw around on it. Yeah, Brad Nelson said that it was a one week deck. So like, yeah. you know, it was just like a one weekend trying to you know, pick apart that metagame. It looks, you know, like it looks like it looks like there's a lot to learn from it. Yeah. You know, in the sense of, you know, like there were some cards in it that were some real winners and there was some stuff in it that's like really awkward and it's like, okay, well we know we've got, you know, these these wipes can work. Uh, you know, it, it, it when I look at it I want to play more of like the Borzov type list. You know, like I like some of the things I'm seeing from it, but do I need to have Xenagos? Like, yeah, Xenagos is good and all. Uh he makes, you know, tokens which are really good to sack to desecration demons and puts on a lot of really good pressure against control. But am I better to drop the green and maybe play black in that spot so that I can Thoughts these people because all I want to do is thoughts these people. Yeah. Um, so you know it's like that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe not. You can run uh, obsidats. Like you can run blood barons. You can run some of these really really strong cards. But you can also run like all that red removal that's been like you know really good. And like against mono black, it's so important because they attack you on so many different levels. Like they have like the really awkward early game hasty rush type thing. It's not hasty, but it's just pack rat on one token onto, you know, just going all in on pack rat, and then they can even get themselves out of that hole because they can just go in the Underworld Connections game and then they can play, like, this big game of beating you down with Desecration Demon, and then, oh, now all of a sudden they've got this crazy reach from uh, Gary. So it's like the deck just can attack you in so many different ways, and that's the nice thing about that kind of removal package is that it kills everything, and then you have the Chain to the Rocks to kill off the, the Desecration Demon, so I, yeah. I really like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Like it's uh, it's gonna be really interesting to see if it sticks around or if they just take some of the some of the ideas and get there, right? So I'm assemble uh, hmm. the legion. Are people actually playing against it now? What do you think? I don't know, but I really like the card. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Yeah, like I, I I would want to play it. Like it is one of my favorite cards from like kind of the last constructed season where, you know, it saw like a little bit of play here and there. And like, I had some success with the Borzov list before and Assemble Legion was one of, you know, the cards that people are suggesting should be on my sideboard, but I just had to play it main deck because it's just really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Cause like I, I, the one card that I really want to be good right now is Archangel of Thune and it isn't. I would really like that card to be good, too, because I have two full Korean ones that I want to offload, so I'd really like that card to get good real quick here. (laughs) Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, I'm excited. Like, I really enjoy Standard right now. There's a million fucking decks that you could play right now in Standard. Like, there's so many different decks. And you really, like, there's a couple really good decks. But even just, like, in F&M, so many different, so many different decks. Like at any given moment, you're going to see like eight or nine, and and it's crazy because most of them are actually fairly okay and totally viable. Uh, it's going to be really crazy. We were talking today about what are we going to do uh, when those demigods come out, and how good are those going to be, you know? And what cards are they going to shake up? Um, it was really interesting because like with my brother playing, 
some random cards that nobody had ever played before. Like, nobody's ever played Awaken the Ancients. Like, that's so stupid. Even in um, draft. <laughs> even in draft. Yeah. But no, but I, I've seen that. I've seen that play. It was. It was. Uh, there was a Star City deck that was playing that. Really? It's such. A, it's, such yeah. a, it's so your brother's card too, because he plays. Uh, what is he? What is he playing? Commander. Just like so all in. Oh God! There's just so many different cards. Yeah, it's uh, just so his style. Like fuck you, take a million. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So it's uh, it's just crazy. I love standard. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm playing so much of it. It's retarded. Uh, the commander decks came out today. Yes, they did. You guys get yours? I did not because they are not supposed to be limited edition this time. Uh, so I'll wander on over to the Walmart because I know. Well, you know what? I don't know. I'll find out. I'll be at my local game store tomorrow, and if they're selling them for retail, then I'll buy them for retail. If not, I'll go over to the Walmart and buy them for retail. Gotcha. But that's what they said, is that these aren't supposed to be limited runs. Uh, but for all those who are listening, the Grixis one has both Baleful Strix and the new True Name Nemesis, so that is the one to get. Yeah. Or just get them all, because they're cool. Yeah. Yeah, so the Grixis one is like... Um, it's it's like eighty dollars on Star City right now. Yeah, like it's that's a ridiculous part. Yeah, yeah, completely ridiculous. So yeah, mucho mucho dinero. Do you like protection from player? You know, as a mechanic, like it's fine for multiplayer, and I have, like zero idea how it's actually going to impact the legacy. Like, it's going to be interesting to see if it actually makes a play in Eternal Weekend. And I've seen it, a lot of people looking for four ups for Eternal Weekend. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it is definitely going to be Legacy. Uh, there was actually, I think it was Sam Black who posted like four lists uh, with True Name Nemesis <laughs> alone. Fuck. Well, who knows, man? It'll be ridiculous. Ridiculous. So, how about that Invitational? Do you guys watch it? No, I missed it due to PTQing. Yeah. Guilty, yeah. guilty as well. <laughs> it was so good to watch, like yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah. There was some amazing magic. The top eight was really, really good. Um, it was, it was a super, super time. Um, we ended up seeing Brad Nelson finally tear one down. Yes, which is awesome for Brad Nelson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was actually what Jerry was in the top eight. Yep. Uh, like Jerry, uh, Huey, BBD, Brad, Max Teets, like it just was just stacked, stacked, like thick stacked. It was <laughs> silly. So, yeah, good for them though. It's uh, and Brad tearing down, man. Like just before Jerry goes, good for him. But yeah, yeah, sneak and show was all over the place. The legacy top eight, it's. It's like when decks are that explosive, it makes it fun to watch Legacy as a non-Legacy player. You know, because it's like all of a sudden, like, wham, flying spaghetti monsters. Did we see any swan songs? Because I really feel like that card is supposed to be played against those decks. There were two swan songs in the sideboards of Jerry's list and someone else's in the uh, top eight, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have the sneak and show deck in particular. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's a very, very good card. 
Um, I've even thought about, like, trying to see if I could make it work in standard a little bit, like, in the Grixis list. It just feels like it would answer some really good stuff, especially out of that mono black deck. Yeah. Like, Underworld Connection or 2-2 Flyer. I can deal with the 2-2 Flyer. Yeah. <laughs> Whip or 2-2 Flyer. No, I can deal with the 2-2 Flyer. Like, there's a lot of things that it just does really well there, I think. So. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Um, yeah. Pretty crazy shit. The standard was good. There were a lot of different lists that came through. Um, mostly mono black. Uh, there was Brad's list. And even Riley Curran came through with the junk list. Cool. So, the Elves Master himself. And, uh, that was pretty cool. And it was, it was, it was alright. Like, I had messaged him about it, and he thought it was fine. Uh, but he would have rathered it been, uh, he would have rathered to test a little bit more with it, I think. So, yeah, it was alright. Um, do you guys have any more, any more PTQs? Anything else going on? Uh, really, I've got, yeah, just the Moto PTQ coming up, and then, um, I guess the next thing for me would be, GP Toronto is kind of like the next, uh, you know, big tournament for me. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I guess, kind of quiet here uh, for the time being. I'm just really excited for the tokens, really excited to meet people at GP Toronto. You know, it's going to be so close because, you know, the way that we record these podcasts, it's going to feel like just a couple weeks away. Yeah. So. Last time you were in GP Toronto, you fucking got me a warning. <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> Do you know who I am? No. <laughs> Let's not go there. Well, you know what? I'll try and get you a warning at this GP Toronto. Oh, wait. You can't go. <laughs> you can't go. Oh, There'll okay. always be Montreal. But the thing is, because you know, you probably know my personality. I'm I'm nice. I play by the rules. I, I'm good. But you won't Except for when call, you scum people. Except for when you scum people. You won't help me call a judge on some good dude that's clearly slow playing me. <laughs> In uh, GP. Which GP was this one? This was uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, you were you were close. You said, remember you don't remember you were close to calling a judge because the guy was playing so fucking slow. But you know what? I should have called the judge. You should have called the judge, absolutely. And like even my judge, I should have just called you. <laughs> I thought you were you were just giving the guy a really weird look. Like that was that was the guy who was unnerving you, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. Why is he playing so excruciatingly slow? So I, I felt like if you had any chance of winning that game, I probably would have called the judge. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I think I I always go go to not slow call a slow play on someone because I'm not particularly fast myself, so it's hard to, you know. Well, it's just one of those awkward ones to call, right? Like. And it's it's such an odd one, even like as a spectator and stuff like that. Because like, are you feeling like you're trying to like game it? Like, the the awkward part about the guy was that like, as much as he was playing slow, he was also playing at like a consistent pace. Like, it wasn't like I felt like he was slow rolling you. Like, I felt like if he was playing slow, he was playing slow because he just naturally plays slow. Okay, I agree with that. A hundred percent agree with that. You know, it's not like one of those guys where it's like all of a sudden, like, you do something and the board state stops going his way, and all of a sudden he's, like, in the tank and then, like, makes a couple of really quick motions and goes. Like, you know, it's not like one of those things where it's like you can see that he's putting the brakes on. And, right. like, I've seen that. I've seen that, like, definitely. But, like, this is just one of those cases where, like, the guy is just very methodical, has to run through all of his options, just does everything at just, like, a little bit of a muted pace. 
Like one of those guys who just probably can't win a game of moto because it, she just doesn't. <laughs> like it's too fast. It's too fast. Yeah, like that moto clock just like crushes his soul. <laughs> I need an hour. I need an hour. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I wish you the best of luck, Jeremy. Hope you uh, you know run the table like you almost yeah. did. Yeah, yeah well, that, that, that's that's Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully you you almost run you you'll almost you you'll take that it almost running the table again. Yeah, you'll I'll, I'll definitely take it. I'll definitely take it. It's it's funny now that the the joke around the Edmonton community is that Jeremy, you're the best player. You're the best player in Vancouver, not from Vancouver, <laughs> and you're the worst player in Edmonton. <laughs> just like yeah, I'm only good at magic in one city, and that city just happens to be a plane ride away for me. So. <laughs> I gotta run it back, but no, I, I, I just I, I gotta play more. Like that's been the toughest part, uh, you know, since that run. Like I was getting progressively better and better and better, and then after Vancouver, I changed careers. I got myself into a position where work has now made it very difficult for me to play Magic. I've got Petra in my life now, which is fantastic, but again, it's you know something else that draws me away from the game. So it's just been very difficult to play Magic. And that, that's, you know, that's really hurting me is that, you know, like I can read as many articles as I want. I can watch as many videos as I want. But if I don't sit down and play in competitive areas, like if I don't, you know, grind like uh, moto drafts or moto seals or anything like that, I just don't get enough events. Like playing one-off matches is just not good enough. Like you got to sit down, you got to play tournament magic. And that's been the toughest thing to fit into my life is trying to figure out how I can jam in tournament magic. I can fit in a two-man here and a two-man there of constructed, but to find the time to be able to play like an eight-man is actually difficult for me. So, you know, yeah, I'm, that's, I'm that's, yeah, that's that's the toughest part is just finding that area there. But I'm learning to, you know, manage my time better. I'm learning to get myself into a situation where I can build myself up to that. And the funniest thing is, and I don't know if you've seen it, Scotty, uh, but at the time when I did really well at the GP Vancouver, and it's one thing that I haven't done since, is I was hardcore hitting up the gym right before GP Vancouver. I felt like a million bucks. Like, I felt like a god. It's so, so important. To, yeah, when I sat down at that table, I just I felt so awesome. So, like, that's something else I need to do is I need to try and find some gym time in there because, like, I just, I don't know if it's, like, you know, partial confidence, partial all the crazy endorphins that you get from that. Like, I don't know what was all adding up, but, like, Vancouver, the guy who won G, like who who crushed at GP Vancouver, did not win GP Vancouver, but did very very well at GP Vancouver. Should have won it, made Magic history, but was a scrub and lost to a freaking devil thing. Um, that guy was super confident, and I'm just not that guy right now. So I just need to find that. I need to get to that. So yeah. <laughs> well, you were also dressing really nicely too. So yeah, I, I do that. I do that for major events. I I, I always dress up for major events. I, I think that it's it's really important, like, being healthy like that. I mean, if you're going to the gym, you're probably taking better care of your diet as well a little bit, you know, and, and you know, otherwise, and that helps. Cleaning all of that up helps a lot. Yeah. Uh, in addition to that, um, you just get used to this focused mindset. Like, if you're going to the gym fairly regularly, you kind of, you know, learn to focus on what you're doing or kind of, you know, just, like, put your mind somewhere else for a minute. You know, so it really allows you to kind of really measure the stress and and kind of trying to be unaffected by tilt leaves you 
sort of like making logical, more logical decisions, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I believe that's a big piece of it too, you know, and the confidence and feeling good about yourself. Like these are all really important things. Yeah. Like I think that that's gonna, like, I think your, your gym experience and stuff like that and kind of like the awesome thing that you're doing right now, I think that that's really going to lead into just better play from you. Like just, you know, out of my own personal experience. I played better magic when I was doing it. So I, I, if I want to play better magic, I feel like it's something I need to keep doing. You know, yeah. there's, yeah. there's no such thing as lucky socks. Like, <laughs> no, no. BBD said the same thing actually in his article this week, I think. And he made the mention to say that, you know, once he, he was kind of winning and then he, he started losing for a really long time and his life was going down South and, you know, and he decided that he was going to try to turn it around and, you know, he started going to the gym and he lost a hundred pounds and all of a sudden he lost, he won like, you know, won a GP, top eight an invitational, like, yeah, <laughs> went a PTQ, got on the pro tour, you know, just, just almost money the pro tour. Like it's pretty important. Well, that's I'd the say. thing is it's even just like the, the, you know, again, I saw it at the PTQ is some people just can't physically handle a long tournament. Like, it is mm-hmm. an endurance game. Like, there is a lot of stuff that comes into it. Like, at GP Vancouver, one of the things that uh, we were doing is me and a, a buddy, we always joked about it, Team Hydrate. After every round, you go and get a glass of water. Yeah. And it's like, that actually makes a huge difference. If mm-hmm. you can, like, remember to keep hydrating, because it's so hard to remember your meals and remember water, and then all of a sudden you start to get that dehydration headache, and, like, that just distracts from your focus. Like, there are so many things that you need to focus on in a Magic tournament that you can't be, you can't afford to give up that power to things like hunger and hydration and all of those like little things that you still need to take care of. Like exactly. You, you don't have the the processing power to, to give up those things. So it's just like even just building routine and, you know, like that's another thing that you get from the gym is just being able to build routine. So. Yeah. Go back to it, Jeremy. I mean, I, I'm with you. Like I've mentioned this before, where people like make fun of me for for just playing two mans and not eight mans. It's just it's just I can't commit to the time. It's not that I don't want to play eight mans or dailies. Just can't commit to the like. There's just too much time in between rounds where I'm not really doing anything. I just want to play a two man and get out and 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 do other stuff and come back and do a two man and get out. So um, for me, I'm gonna put a call to to our some of our A team listeners for me is what I want to do is because I, I don't have time to make like infinite sealed decks or, or draft decks, I do feel like I want to get more games in with the decks that I've drafted. I think that sometimes when I go, when I lose the first round, but still feel my deck was okay, I just want to get a bunch of games in with like anyone. And so if you guys are willing, anybody out there that's willing to help me out, just like add me on Moto, Mana Deprive, that's my name, and then we can jam up some like de- games with our sealed decks or, or draft decks, and I'd really appreciate it just so I could get like a better feel. And it's a lot easier since I'm not like in an eight man or in a daily, I can just jam a succession of games with someone. So, do it would be really cool if we did something like a league type setup where it's like you take like a draft deck or a sealed deck or something like that, and you make a tournament. But you don't make it so that, like, you have to play it all right at once. Like, we just have, like, a website up, and it's like, yeah, Jeremy's got to play KYT in the next, like, three days or something like that. And, like, you just, you know, you make the time to play your match, and you're still playing, like, a match throughout, like, a week. You play a tournament over, like, the course of a week. 
So it's like, you know, all of us guys who are, you know, working stiffs with kids and stuff like that who don't have the time to, you know, sit down and play like a four-round tournament, we can do something like that. And then I'm sure that we can get creative and come together and come up with some sort of prizing for the people in the front. Not to mention, it's just you, you get to build up better relationships with, you know, like these either our, our cool listeners or, you know, just like between us castmates. Like, I, I think it just benefits everybody. And, like, maybe we start to form, like, a little bit of a testing group that we get bigger and better at these types of things. So, you know, like, I don't know if that's a, a good idea, but if, you know, listeners want to comment and they think that's cool, like, maybe that's something that we could jam or we do, like, a drafting where it's, like, just take one of your recent draft decks. And, you know, we might have to go on the honor system or something like that. Right, like, that's, a, that's the yeah. thing. Like, I, I trust you 100%, but yeah. I, I'm pretty sure, like, eventually, if this thing ever gets big, some, someone's going to try to game it. and like. I'm not like like me and you. We don't want to play someone who we just want to test, right? Like <laughs> that's what I want to test, like the effectiveness of let's say how many how many voyages end is too much, or, or or any specific card, and I just want to test that. I don't need someone to cheat against me with like some ultra power deck. So obviously the honor system will have to come into play here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But like that's the thing is that you you will quickly identify the guy who just always has it. <laughs> you just stop playing with that guy. Like that's the thing. Like that's what we do. You know, it's you, you don't play with the scum. <laughs> the scum's like I'm actually that good. <laughs> oh, oh, I do have a, I do have a, I digress from this because it seems like we're kind of coming to the end of this little quick topic, and back on this, the the, the topic of scum. Oh so, goodness, good. Hashiok. So after oh god, yeah. Cast, um, I had reached out to the guy. I was trying to figure out what was going on. And I oh, reached out to him again, awesome. and I said, Hey, man, have you got that tracking number? And what I get back from him is, Oh, my God, you're not going to believe it. They returned the Ashiok oh, to me. I was just going to say that. So I'm trying to send it out right away. So the next morning, I get a message, and he's like, uh, So I don't know what's going on. They say they don't have the cheaper version, and it's like 50 bucks. so I just sent it letter mail. For, for for a tracked version would be $50, so he only sent it out letter mail to me. Uh, so, I'm really, and, and then he followed up with the I'm sure this sounds really sketchy. So, <laughs> nah. Yeah, so I'm right now I'm in the 100% category that I do not believe that I will be getting an Ashiok in the mail. Um, I could get an Ashiok in the mail, which would be really beneficial. Uh, but I, I think GP Toronto now is going to be the, the new deadline because this, this Ashiok got back. Um, I would really, you know, just even appreciate the tracking number from the first one. I think that would be perfectly fine, you know, since there is a tracking number for the first one that, you know, when I demanded to see it, he came up with a reason why it was irrelevant. Uh, but I, I feel like it's still irrelevant because, you know, it shows trust. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think I'm getting this card. But, you know, I'll give it till GP Toronto. And then after that, I'm sure I'll probably bring him up for at least five or six episodes, you know, just to make sure that everyone who lives <laughs> in that area uh, refers to him by his new scum name. Uh, but, you know, like, that that can happen. <laughs> so at what point are you going to, like, come right out and say this, this guy's name? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I actually did slip it on the last episode. Okay. Um, but I'm not going to, you know, this person is scum. Until I think GP Toronto. I think okay. that that's like four weeks of it being in Canada Post from the States. That That's more than enough time for it to get to me. Uh, put it into perspective, uh, I have gotten cards from Korea, ground, uh, that I 
purchased weeks after making this trade. So, um, for what that is, uh, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I actually got a bunch of Korean stuff today, so I was really happy about that. Uh, it's a good day to get Korean cards. Yeah. So. Apparently not from this guy. Not from that guy. Not from that one. <laughs> and that guy's already winning this trade by a great deal. He got a Xenagos and a Stormbreath Dragon for me. For this Ashiok. And cash. Like, the guy has won the trade well over. Ugh. Yeah. Wow. What a dickbag. I know. <laughs> and that's why you don't trust anyone on the internet. Seriously. None of you. None of you. Except Durf. Durf's awesome. He made me an awesome avatar. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It's got two of my favorite cards in it. <laughs> At the same time. At the same time. You can't have it both ways, old man. <laughs> <laughs> man, I can't wait. Like, I could never say it to him. But uh, I'll keep thinking it. I'll Joke keep shit, fucking thinking it. Sometimes you just have to have that hard conversation. Maybe you just have to put it out there. Maybe you just have to catch him once. To say, like, you said this was bad, now you're saying this is bad. Make up your mind. And you'll be like, oh, Car has caught on to my tricks. So, <laughs> I will now respect him as a man. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Well, uh, yeah. I, I think we're... Uh, are we out of gaps? I think so. All right. Wrap it up, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, we can't let you. We can't let you start the show. But... Oh, you can edit. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, shout outs to all the listeners, and I'm going to keep harassing these guys for merchandise because I know that you guys want merchandise. And you should... no, no, you you can't say merchandise. Merch. You can't say, yeah. <laughs> Your merch. Or merch. Hashtag yeah, yeah. merch. Uh, <laughs> it was awesome. Lots of fun. Uh, I'm bent over a laptop talking into a headset. I'll make sure to post that picture on Twitter for all of you because uh, it is ridiculous looking and uh yeah look forward to uh next week so thanks guys awesome. so i yeah we'll see you next week yeah. see you guys next week and hopefully i get all this asian related problems solved so i'll talk first, to you guys next first week. world asian problems <laughs> bye guys peace